podcast you are listening to let it out with me i'm your host katie dalebout and this week's bonus episode is with anya and masha they're the mother-daughter team behind galupka they have had this blog where they cook and take the most beautiful photos of food that's really vibrant and delicious and i have their cookbook their newest cookbook in front of me and i just i honestly you guys i don't even cook I like flipping through it sometimes, all right? It's weird and uh, it's the way I am. So I loved recording this episode with them so much. We recorded it on a cozy day back here in New York right before the new year. So I don't know. Hopefully you can just feel cozy listening to this while you're walking, while you're driving. And they've had such an interesting life and are just two really interesting people that I hope I get to get to know more in my life and hang out with more because I genuinely love them so much. And I think it's interesting to have people who you don't often hear speak that often. You might read their blog or create their recipes or read their books, read their interviews on their website. That's one of my favorite things that they do. And you love their design, but maybe you haven't heard their full life story. And that's what this episode does. I hope you love it. And share this episode with a friend who you think would like it. Support us on Patreon. That's a great way to support us. And above all, subscribe. That really helps with the algorithm, with getting more people to listen to the show so I can keep doing it. If you want to create a podcast, email me. I want to help you because this is the most impactful, valuable thing that I've ever done in my career and honestly in my life. I'll talk to you at the end. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FreshBooks.com. You know FreshBooks. You love FreshBooks. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I use FreshBooks. I love it. It's the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software. You can personalize the colors, and you can even add your logo. It's great for sending invoices. It really makes you look buttoned up, and it's great for tax season. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank account, so whenever you purchase something for your business, it instantly uploads it to FreshBooks. I love it. And FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to set up. It's made for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to our listeners. So to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you, FreshBooks. Do you guys know about the brand Third Love? They make bras and underwear designed for the modern woman. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G 
and half cup sizes. And of course, that brand is Third Love. They use thousands of real women's measurements to create bras that fit, look, and feel great. To find the bra that you've been waiting for, all you need to do is go to Third Love's website and take their Fit Finder quiz that takes about 60 seconds. And from the comfort of your own home, you can find the bra that's best for you. I hate dressing rooms, and with Third Love, you can try on bras from the comfort of your own home, and returns and exchanges are always free and easy. This year, make the change that will make you change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash let it out to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash let it out for 15% off. Thank you, Third Love. find a time when you were in town and we all got to be here together and I've been following you guys for years I was telling Nick on the way over here that I don't know how I found your blog but I've been following it since I was in college and just wanting all of your recipes all the time and just I just like looking I don't really cook very often ever really especially living here Mm -hmm. but I like to just look at your recipes and that nourishes me in a way and I love your interviews that you do with other people it's one of my favorite things that you guys do and anyway I love the aesthetic of your work and the design of your blog and I'm excited to meet you guys in person, thanks and I'm so glad you're as lovely you. in person as you are on, on the internet. So thanks for doing this. So, okay, let's have each of you say hi so people know your voices, because sometimes it's hard when there's more than one person that I'm interviewing on mm-hmm. the podcast. So we have Anya. Hi. And you are the mom in this relationship, and you mostly focus on the recipe development yes. and... Then we have Masha. Hi. And you mostly focus on the design and the aesthetic of, mm-hmm. of the site? Yep, I take all the photos and videos sometimes. Cool. Yeah. So let's back into it then. How did you guys get started? I know that you were both born in Russia yep. and then you moved to the States eventually? Tell me everything. Where did you each grow up? What was your childhood like? Were you always into cooking? Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. Well, I actually was born in the Soviet Union. Okay. It wasn't Russia at that yeah. time yet. Russia was just a part of the big country. Um, I had a very happy childhood. <laughs> you know, we had lots of food deficits and uh, hardship, but I didn't know any other life. So I you know, grew up in a very loving family and uh, enjoyed it a lot, enjoyed nature. And uh, Did you have a lot of brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother. Okay. Were you cooking and into food in the way you are now growing up? What was your relationship to food and cooking? I always loved to cook, um, thanks to my mom. My, my mom was always very creative um, in cooking as well despite of the, all the deficits. Um, yeah, and when I grew up, it, the food was, of course, very different. Um, the concept of vegetarianism, vegan lifestyle, was virtually non-existent at that time. And people probably would just laugh at the idea and think it's, you're just sick for not eating meat. Yeah. Um, but when I moved to America... I was blown away by the amount of the variety of vegetables in stores and markets. And uh, Masha dislikes meat 
always dislikes me. So finally here I uh, saw the opportunity and possibility to cook vegetables only and plant-based uh, meals. Yeah. What was the impetus for moving to America and when did you guys when did you guys do that? Uh, I moved in uh, 1998. Masha a little later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um so this was the 90s mm-hmm. and um it was right after the fall of the Soviet Union in Russia and it was just a really crazy political time that time kind of like anarchy in the country, not very safe or, or steady or stable at all. So that's why mom decided to move something more steady, you know, a safer, calmer, happier life. And you stayed, you stayed behind? Yeah, I stayed behind for a few years, and then I eventually was also able to move. How old were I you? I was 12 when oh, I moved, wow. so seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. Was that hard to be away from each other? It seems like you guys it was are very incredibly close now. hard. Of course, it was yeah. incredibly hard. But when I moved here, I didn't have firm plans. I didn't think that they're going to stay or what they're going to do. But I really fell in love with the country. And I knew that uh, I wanted her here, yeah. give her all the opportunity to go uh, grow up here instead of Russia, especially yeah. at that time. So you stayed with your father there? Yeah, yeah. My father, I have grandparents. Oh, we have a lot of family there. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm really happy that, because, you know, here, um, what I do, design, like art, artistic yeah. stuff is totally accepted and fine. I was able to go to college for it. But, you know, in Russia, I don't know what I would be doing now. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> do you guys different. go back often to visit? Yes, pretty often. I try to go at least once a year. Yeah. So when you moved to America, were you in Florida at that time? Yes. How did you decide in Florida? Um, I just uh, knew someone who helped me to get around and that's how. Yeah, to Russians, Florida is like fairy tale land. Yeah, like Miami. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's so warm. It's like amazing white sand, calm ocean, really yeah. warm. It's you know, it's just so different. Paradise. Yeah. A, yeah, there's a lot of Russians there because people just come there and fall in love. It's like, yeah. how is this possible that you can actually live in a place like this? Yeah. So then you joined your mom in Florida mm-hmm. and spent your much older childhood, I yeah. guess, and went to high school and. In Florida, what was, you know, what was that like coming from Russia and then now being in America and mm-hmm. that difference? Yeah, first, you know, when I came over, I was in middle school, which is rough really, anyway. yeah, yeah, just rough time in any case. But yeah, you know, I had a hard time at first with the language and stuff. But also 12 is a really good age to move, I think, because I was able to learn English pretty well. But I also was able to preserve my Russian. Like, you know, I still speak fluently and I can read. You know, I learned to read and write in school, so I didn't miss any of that. So it's it's kind of like the perfect age. Best of both worlds. Yeah. 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 You keep the culture. Yeah. Yeah, It's really nice. I still, you know, very Russian and I definitely grew up there, but at the same time, you know, I was able to learn the language. For sure. Was that hard for you with the language? Did you speak English when you moved here? Um, not really. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely hard. It still is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're doing great to me. <laughs> and then when did you decide, did you always know you wanted to focus on design? Yeah, I, 
I got really lucky. I went to a high school that had a really good art program. So it was a visual arts art program, and it was just amazing. We had really good, passionate teachers, and you know we had art shows all the time and, and all that stuff. So that's when I decided to go to college for design. And you know I went to college for fashion design, actually. Got really interested in that. And um, yeah, I still work a little bit in fashion part-time. Yeah. yeah. So when did you decide that you... So you went to RISD mm-hmm. and you studied fashion design there. Yep. When did you decide that you wanted to move to New York? I'm assuming for fashion? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's kind of one of the only places right. in the States to move for a fashion job. So yeah, from RISD, basically everybody who was there for fashion moves to New York, you know, because that's where all the jobs are. Yeah. What was and that? I also just really love New York always. Yeah. yeah. How come you wanted to move to New York? What was your... Why did you um, love it always? Yeah, I just always, when we would visit from Florida, I just, it's so different and exciting. And yeah, I just really loved it. And the fact that all the jobs are here. Of course. Yeah. So how long ago was that that you moved to? Uh, five years ago. Okay. Yeah, right after college. What were your first, what were kind of your first jobs in fashion? And what was that like? Um, I, I started out as an assistant designer. And I fell into uh, sweaters, like knits and sweaters and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I st- still do that mostly. Wow. Yeah. So you're still doing that? Yeah, I'm, I'm like a part-time fashion <laughs> fashion designer, but also working on our stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's so impressive. I bet that surprises people a lot that you do. Both. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So... What was the impetus for how do how do I say the name of the book? <laughs> Galupka. Galupka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wanted you to say it before me. So, well, first of all, tell tell us what the name means because I think it's really beautiful. The devil Thank connection. You. It means uh, dove or paloma in Spanish as well, and uh, her younger sister, my my youngest daughter, named Paloma as well. So, and my maiden name is Galupka. Golup. In, which means essentially the same. So yeah. It's all intersect. I love the triple meaning. How did you guys come to that? How did... I think when we started the blog, Paloma was just born. Okay. And we had that, yeah, we had that in our minds. We've always talked about how probably if we were creating it now, we would come up with some name that's a little, you know, more recognizable and maybe in English. American <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's we we just stuck people. with it because we've had it for so long. Yeah, it's hard to change it. Yeah, so. at this point. Yeah. When we started the blog, we had no idea yeah. that it would be known, and people would try to pronounce it. We just yeah. started basically for us. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. So you were in you were in college, mm-hmm. and then you moved here, and then it, you started the blog, or were you in college still? When I it was still in college. Okay. Yeah. In the what? beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Just in yeah. the beginning, starting yeah. college, yeah. Because I think I remember that you got into plant-based food and thinking about your health and wellness after Paloma was yes. born. Uh-huh. So tell us about what the impetus for that was. Yeah, when she was born, my thyroid started to act up, and I had all kinds of health issues, and... um uh, my research of uh, natural healing led me to raw food. And I was so interested and fascinated with the concept. I started to um, cook, uncook, um, you know, eat that way. and was um, 
not only it improved my health conditions, but it's also like opened the possibility for me to like make completely different type of dishes and foods and how, I don't know how to describe it, but I was really fascinated for a long time with that. And after I cooked through a couple of uh, raw food books, I started to make my own recipes. And uh, I got into really crazy, like gourmet sort of desserts with uh, really like delicate coconut, uh, like young coconut crusts with uh, rose petals and yeah. coconut cream, which is really amazing. And uh, Masha was kind of really interested in that. She saw that, um, she saw the possibility of showing it to people, I guess. Yeah. Right? I, I was reading a few food blogs at the time. Back then, it was still very early. Were, what were you reading? I was reading 101 cookbooks, um, Camille at, at Vanille. Green, Green Kitchen Stories. Green Kitchen oh, Stories, well, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I looked at it and I was like, huh, maybe mom should do this because, you know, her stuff is amazing. And she was really making, you know, crazy, really crazy, creative. amazing yeah. things at home. So Yeah, oh, that's yeah. really cool. So you have a background in engineering and dentistry, I read. Right. So how mm-hmm. how did this, that seems very logical and what you do in the kitchen is so creative. Was this a hobby and an outlet that you were able to kind of play different notes in yourself? How did you decide to focus here? Well, like Marsha was saying that um, America gave her a chance to go to school for something that she really loved. And Back in Russia, when I was growing up, uh, we didn't have that chance, and I probably would never go into engineering school if I had a choice. If I had a choice to, you know, to, to choose what I really want to do, and the engineers, engineering was something that my father really wanted me to do, and I never really worked in that field, so it's really not, yeah, something that I really know very well. Although I spent a lot of years in school for that, yeah. Um, dentistry is a little different. I really enjoyed working in that field for several years here, and I really love to work with patients. And um, I think it gave me um, some understanding of maybe nutrition, you know, health. Yeah, yeah, kind of leads together. Did I answer your question? Yeah, no, that was great. So you. You're starting to cook and you're starting to make these creative things. Meanwhile, you're thinking, you're reading these other blogs and you're kind of like, oh, my mom could do this, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't know how to make the website and do Mm -hmm. the design. So did you, who approached who and how did you guys decide to put this on the internet? Yeah, I think I just made made a blog and then I was like, hey, mom, let's, you know, next time I come for winter break or something, let's just take pictures of some recipes and at first you know i just had like a little panasonic point and shoot and the pictures were really terrible i think i took them all down from the blog but yeah we just started out that way and i don't know how even i was taking photos remember yeah, the time yeah. where i finally bought mm-hmm. expensive nice camera mm-hmm. and she won't take it to providence was her mm-hmm. i had it and at that time we already had some readers mm-hmm. So we had had to stay on top of it. So I was taking photos. I think they're all gone from the blog at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because when I was in college, I would just be really busy and not able to, you know, keep up with taking all the recipe photos. 
When did you feel like the blog really took off? Was there a moment or something that happened? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to Those chocolate Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we made, again, crazy raw chocolate Easter eggs. It's a white and chocolate shell. She painted dark chocolate spots on them. Spots, yeah, like a quail, like a quail egg. It was like a raw, young um, coconut white. Filling? Yeah, with the mango. Oh, yeah. Yolk inside. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You cool. made like a little pretty box of it. Yeah. For Easter. Wow, beautiful. I think that's probably when we started seeing like, oh, we have a hundred visits or something like that, which wow. was a big, big deal back then. So then how did your book deal come to be that came later? Did you, after college, did you think that you would make this, you know, a career aspect of your career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the book deal, I think, came right as I was finishing, finishing, finishing up college, um, right? Yeah, and um, they re- that year, the yeah. publisher reached out to us through books, which we're still with them now. Was that, um, what was that like, getting that call, email, how did you, what did that feel like for you guys? How did you celebrate that? It was very exciting. Mm-hmm. I remember we were in San Francisco, oh, it was yeah. the Modern Art Museum, mm-hmm. and we had that email on the, uh, finalizing the contract, mm-hmm. and we really were happy. Yeah. So, it gave me an opportunity to quit dentistry. Yeah. And uh, do something that I really, really like. Were you ever nervous that you wouldn't be, that this would take too much of your time and you wouldn't be able to pursue pursue fashion or were you Mm -hmm. good with focusing here? Yeah, I think at first I was really, really nervous about that and I really wanted at first to be in fashion full-time and then after working in fashion full-time for three years or so, I realized that maybe it's not the path for me. I I found out a lot of, you know, aspects of the industry that I don't really enjoy and just didn't really see myself doing that sustainably for my whole life. Yeah. So that's when I uh, I just realized that what we do is what I actually truly enjoy. Yeah. So it took me kind of, a, you know, some time to, to yeah. realize that. Yeah. So what was the process writing that first book like? We really didn't know much about it <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. we started. Really in the dark. Um, the process was uh, just creating recipe and photographing it right away. That's how we did it in the beginning. No, I think you you would prepare a bunch of recipes and then we would photograph them later. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was a while ago. We kind of forgot because yeah. we just finished uh, our new book. book. Yeah. yeah, so but it's very different. Remember. I know that it was very different. Oh no, no, you came for the for the whole summer after college. You oh, stayed. That's yeah, right. I know yes. that was different. Okay. She stayed the whole summer, pretty much at least a couple months, mm-hmm. for us to photograph. actually photograph. And I was creating recipes as we go. Does your younger daughter help with the blog at all, or does she oh, recipe she just, test? <laughs> oh yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's just nine years old. Oh wow! And she loves to be involved into yeah. cooking and photography, and of course, tasting. Yeah, she yeah. loves that. Oh, that's so fun! And she's dreaming about writing her own book. Oh. And she has. So she's interested. She's not like turned off by it because her mom does it. No, she's very interested. She has already a couple of recipes. She thinks she developed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, so she's uh, she loves that. That must be a really challenging 
writing a cookbook while also keeping up with the blog and keeping up with new content there. How did you guys handle that that summer and, and even now, you know, working on, on the new book? I think, yeah, we, we scaled back. We didn't post as much, I'm pretty sure. Um, during the during yeah during the especially final process. stages mm-hmm. but it's two of us it makes it of course much yeah. easier i don't know how one person can do all this yeah. it's really really uh, yeah. a lot of work yeah it's so much work so much work <laughs> yeah well speaking of what advice i know when you guys started 10 years ago at this point mm-hmm. it was a really different landscape for blogs i often say that podcasts are kind of where blogs were back then right. 10 years ago where totally. they're kind of everywhere and Everyone is starting to have one, but when I started, it was more like when you started with blogging, where it wasn't as, mm-hmm. there weren't as many. So what advice would you, I know it's kind of hard with that, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a blog or has a creative thing that they want to show in that way? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Yeah, it's so different nowadays. It's the, It's so saturated. There's so right. many people doing amazing things, taking amazing photographs, and it kind of all gets lost. Um, yeah, I think, like everybody says, finding your own voice is really important. Maybe finding a niche or something like that. Um, I think if you're really, really good, you still can make it mm-hmm. in that world. You, you still can stand out. Yeah. If you're really passionate, you really love it, you really know the ways to show it, don't you think? Yeah. Definitely. Because we constantly see new blogs yeah. that take taken off just like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you draw inspiration from now? You have so many recipes and now two cookbooks. Do you ever feel like a lack of inspiration or procrastination coming in? How do you push past that? Definitely procrastination. Yeah, I like to procrastinate Me a too. Lot. <laughs> I'm very good at it. Um, in terms of inspiration, it's easy for me to get inspired, luckily, just from any conversation with friends, um, going out, um, traveling, yeah. reading blogs, cookbooks, Pinterest. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really feel lack of inspiration, but I can't procrastinate and drag it, you know, not taste a new recipe or um, too many ideas at one oh, yeah. time I and I can't too. separate them. Yeah. Um, that's an issue with me. Yeah. What about you, Masha? Do you, as an artist and as a designer and, and everything you do, what, what do you do on a day where you just feel uninspired or you don't want to do the work? Uh, yeah, I think getting out, getting outside of my space, away from the computer, even just going for a walk or something like that, not looking at other blogs or, or Pinterest or anything and just kind of letting letting myself be and yeah. I, I think like then your head becomes fresh again and yeah then the ideas keep flowing in hopefully yeah what about working as a mother-daughter how do you handle that relationship when you're working together and then also being family with each other do you ever have to separate that has it ever been a problem I'm sure there's really great moments of it being wonderful but how do you handle that well, I think it's um, very easy to, from my perspective, it's been easy to work with my daughter. I think it's much easier than with a non-family member. That's only my experience. I don't feel the need to separate 
love life and work and relationship and work because we really love it so much. And it's I think it brings us together more than anything. Yeah, definitely. You know, we talk every day. I don't know, none of my friends talk to their moms as much as yeah. I talk to my mom. We're just constantly in communication. And yeah, I mean, it, it is hard because every time we're together, we, we are working. That's always. the only downside. Of yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we're never, you know, just hanging out together. We're always either talking about work or doing work. But yeah. yeah, we're both so passionate about it that doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it's yeah. still really fun. So tell me about this new cookbook and how is it different from your first cookbook? Well, with the first cookbook, uh, we again didn't know much what we were doing, and uh, I think I love it still a lot. Yeah. And we were focusing about more like beauty and design of the dishes, although it's very tasty. And creativity aspect of it, mm -hmm. I think. With the second book, uh, my idea of it, it was like uh, to use any and every vegetable that you can find on supermarket or market and using that vegetable in familiar and well-known uh, dishes like pizza, pasta, risotto, paella. Uh, wraps and rolls, stews. So you can pretty much go and pick any vegetable and you can find the cool. recipe for it in the book. And I also was trying to concentrate on the simplicity of the dishes. Uh, and I think we succeeded with that for the most part. Some um, recipes um, uh, like have multiple parts in it, but you can take any part and use it in other setting. Like cool. for example, for instance, we have this color green wrap with uh, roasted carrots, uh, chickpea avocado mash, and uh, cranberry relish. Sounds delicious. So you can take if you don't have all these ingredients, oh, really? or you don't have time to make it all, or you just feel a little intimidated. You can just take that avocado chickpea mash with uh, spices and herbs and use it in seasonal bowl or on the toast yeah and same with carrots that's you can great. just put it over grain so it's um, um that's how we try to suggest to use this type of recipes yeah yeah you think it's an accurate description yeah definitely i'm really excited about it because it's stuff that i actually just all you know cook in my kitchen all the time previous book i was also younger and didn't know how to cook as as well so all those recipes kind of intimidated me. But this book, I cook from it all the time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What What are some of your, you mentioned one recipe, what are some other favorite recipes from this book? And I also want to know separately, what is your favorite recipe on the blog or from all time? How about in the book? In the what book, is your what I'm thinking of, right away is the polenta pizza i Ooh. wanted to mention that <laughs> it's because well. we just made it recently it's uh it's pizza but it's made the crust is made out of polenta Ooh. so it's it's easier to make than regular pizza crust you know you don't have to knead it or anything like that yeah. i mean made in minutes yeah cool it's really really quick and um it's topped with romesco sauce and tomatoes mm. and basil so it's kind of like a traditional pizza, but the crust is really unusual, and it's, it's really Sounds good. It's delicious. We make it all the time at home. Oh, yeah. 
And to me, what I always make and often make from the book is uh, from just veggies chapter. I have that marinated eggplant and marinated vegetable um, beets and celery root. Yeah, that's um, the recipes that I make frequently for all the parties and friends. You know, yeah, everybody loves them. I saw the most beautiful balls on your Instagram, like the most recent mm-hmm. post. Are those in the book or those on the blog? On the blog. Oh, I'll link mm-hmm. to that in this episode. So what were they called? They're sweet potato truffles. Yeah. So oh, they actually have sweet potato in them. They were so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. They're really tasty. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite recipe that you've made ever, other than the ones we've mentioned so far? It's a really hard question for yeah. me because I make them so many of them, and yeah. every new recipe is kind of the best to me. Yeah. Um, but I would mention that... Um, a bonus recipe bundle that we just finalized for our pre-order for uh-huh. the new book, and I have this um, uh, shepherd pie wow. that's really really delicious, and I'm very excited about that recipe. And uh, actually, a few of them like that uh, pan pot baked pasta is really delicious, Ooh. and fried rice. Yeah, so that's the most recent recipes that I'm really proud of. Yeah, <laughs> they turned out really good. Do you have a favorite recipe of your mom of all time? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot, but I'm a huge chocoholic. I love chocolate. And we have this uh, recipe on the blog for savory raw chocolate. Ooh. And wow. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's got, I mean, you can you can put a, a ton of stuff in there, but it's got seaweed, like nori Ooh, seaweed. Okay, it. now we're talking. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. And uh, seeds, like pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds. and Turmeric. Is it like a turmeric, bark? kind of? Yeah, it's like, like a, a bark. Sort cool. of, yeah. And I love that because and Ooh, you can that. make it and you don't have to add any sweetener to it. And it still, to me, at least tastes tastes so good right because it's savory yeah oh interesting so i make that all the time and you just freeze it you don't have to yeah yeah you just keep it on the in the fridge yeah wow cool i want to make that okay so you guys have this i mentioned this interview series that i love so much when did you start doing that and how do you curate that with the, the people that you have i love the questions that you guys ask when did that begin thank you uh, we started that this year, um, just looking to do something different with the blog, uh, because we've been seeing so many other recipe blogs popping up, and just really surveying what we're interested in ourselves, and just trying to take it in a direction that we're really excited about. So we're still really excited about food, but you know, healthy food as a part of self care. And is really important to us, and that just starts going into all these other things, like you know, taking taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, your skin, all that stuff. So, and I've always really loved um, reading about people's routines. Mm-hmm, like, that's always been so interesting to me. There's even a book of like famous authors yeah. and stuff, routines which I really love. And yeah, we just kind of. And to me, I was like looking for motivation because it's hard for me from, to motivate myself to exercise. Um, and this really helps me when I read about uh, people that I admire, how mm-hmm. they do it. Yeah. Is there a piece of wisdom or anything from these interviews that each of you have really taken into your life or that you remember sticks out to you? 
Do you have any? Every oh. single interview was so inspiring and really uh, did a lot for me. I cannot really point pinpoint any particular. Um, I have one. It's not out yet, but I think it's going to be out by the time be, this yeah, podcast is out. It's uh, Beth Kirby from Local Milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just talks about how uh, once you take care of yourself, all this other stuff falls into place in your life. So, like, I don't, I don't really know. She put it so well. Um, so when you're not taking care of yourself, nobody else around you can really be taken mm-hmm. care of by you because you're not, you know, putting the time in for yeah. yourself. I thought that was just a really... Really yeah, good thought. I remember that. So very interesting. Another person was talking about how she needed to be um, on her own, and it really resonated with me. Like yeah. she had all the system. Remember? Oh yeah, Satsuki Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Yep. She had a system like a points. If she going to the doctor, it's like half point. If she has a class, it's two points. And then she needs to restore her oh, energy wow. and. It really, I love to read about that because I'm just like that. Me I never too. put in words and yeah. reading it was so reassuring. Right. So I'm not that weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, same. Yeah. It's like introvert, extrovert. Like I need equal measure of time by myself exactly. to recharge. And, and then if I spend too much time alone, I start to feel a little bit crazy. And like I need time around people. And if I'm around people too much, I need more time on my own. So it's like finding that balance mm-hmm. and getting that combination right is hard. I like that point system. I mm-hmm. need to read that one. Yeah, it was yeah, really it was beautiful. Really smart. Yeah, very yeah. smart. Well, I also am very fascinated by routines and getting to the questions that I ask everyone. One of the things I ask on this podcast from the beginning is about morning and evening routines. So what are each of your, you know, first three or four things you do when you wake up in the morning, how that affects how the rest of your day goes? And we'll do evening. Whoever wants to start. On um, a good morning, I basically just roll onto my mat. And uh, I do upa yoga. It's like a pre yoga. It's very really light. Like oh, upa okay. upa yoga. Never heard of it. It's uh, from Sadhguru. Okay. Uh, he, he teaches that technique. Cool. It's like inner engineering system. Cool. And you, it's basically to get you going, to get your joints uh, lubricated. Oh, I love that. To the light exercises. And then I meditate. What kind of meditation do you do? It's Sadhguru meditation oh, okay. or inner engineering. It's. Um, combination of uh, cert- certain breathing techniques and um, simple mantra okay and i really love it i'm really addicted to it and it really helps me to um have a good day yeah that. yeah so then what do you do after that do you after that from home yeah i drink water it's either salty water or um, lemon water and i make a huge salad oh salad yeah since i wrote the the second book, I, I really got into salads in the morning. Wow. Especially during our growing season. Right now it's growing season yeah. in Florida and we have just large greens. We don't have a garden, but we have a Saturday morning market and we have organic farms who came coming to us and they sell in all kinds of beautiful greens and um, vegetables. And I make huge salad for myself with one of the dressings from the book. Uh, from the new book, it's like miso tahini lemon Ooh, lemon dressing. So good. And that's and I usually after that I drink herbal tea and eat 
some uh, seasonal fruit. Now it's persimmons. I'm really oh, big on I persimmons. I love persimmons. They're my I have favorite. To yeah, it's my They're favorite. They're so fruit. good. Yeah. That's, I love them. And after that, I can start working. So are you usually spending your days recipe testing and yeah. and then writing? Or I do know, you guys... doing research. Okay. Um, yeah, or uh, cooking. Yeah. Recipe testing. I also have nine-year-old. I have to prepare right. her lunch and yeah. pick her up from school. Yeah, that's a Take whole other job. Yeah. What about you, Masha? How, how do you start your day? Um, I also try to meditate. I don't do it every day. What kind like of meditation mom, also, do you do? Also Sadhguru. Okay. That same same meditation. How long do you guys meditate? Is it? It's a 21 20? minute. It should uh-huh. be 20. Okay. And actually, you without timing it, it's surprisingly coming up to 21 minutes. Oh, wow. You're just feeling it. It's uh, wow. all the parts of breathing and mantra. And um, with time, you kind of feel it. Feel it. You oh, feel cool. it. And it's exactly... 21 minutes. Wow. I do TM, and the thing with TM is that it's 20 minutes of doing it, but they say 30 seconds of, like, preparation, and then after you meditate with the mantra for 20 minutes, it's two minutes of just sitting in silence to, Mm -hmm. they say you shouldn't come out of it quickly. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing ends up being 22 minutes, Mm -hmm. or 22 and a half, I guess. But it's kind of a similar, there must be something about that, because almost every form of meditation, it's almost around 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like 15 to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. I find. It's like, mm-hmm. must be a proven sweet spot that that works or something. Or right. it's, en- it's like enough time without taking too much of your day, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I heard that you can't do it longer. You have to study more, I think, in order to do a longer meditation mm. or something like that. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I never knew that really. Yeah, no, I heard. Sorry, maybe maybe it was about some other kind of meditation that I read. Because lately, I tend to sit longer uh, with that. Like I have like breaks in between mantra and breathing because it gives you such a nice feeling. Yeah, cool. So you meditate in the morning. Meditate not every day. I'm not as disciplined. Mm -hmm. Um, Yoga is really important for me. Any any length and you know any kind, just getting on the mat and doing at least a few things really important to get me going. Especially you know sitting at the desk all day and all that. Yeah. So your element of this partnership is more sitting, more writing, more mm-hmm. design. Yep. Yeah. Um, then I like to have breakfast like first thing after yoga or meditation. I always need to eat really quickly in the morning um it depends on what the weather is like on what i eat right now it's porridges and warming stuff yeah uh in the summer it's smoothies i make like a huge green smoothie with everything packed into it yeah um and then I do you work from home for both of your jobs i work from home for i have so many little freelance yeah. gigs for our thing, I work from home. I have another job where I work from an office two days a week, and then another thing where it's also from home. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of nice to, I find that too, to have yeah. places to go in New York and also be able to not have to go somewhere is also very nice. Mm-hmm. Totally. No, it, it's good to have those few days to actually go to the office, yeah. get out of the house, see people. Yeah, yeah. You were going to say you make tea after? Yeah, I make always make tea. I just drink herbal tea. I don't drink any caffeine at all. I can't handle coffee. 
I never was able to handle it. And I recently stopped drinking any caffeine because I just find that I have more energy throughout the day. And in general, I just really like it. Yeah. Just herbal tea. And uh, yeah, and then I start working. What about in the evening? What are your routines in the evening? How do you wind down? How do you relax at the end of the day, especially working from home? I like to read. Reading the book in bed is a big, yeah. big thing for me. What have you been reading lately? Um, Abraham Hicks. Oh, I love <laughs> Abraham Hicks. Which book are you reading? Uh, Ask and it's given. Okay, it was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love listening to them on YouTube if I have like any mm-hmm. sort of problem. I'm just like Abraham Hicks relationship, Abraham Hicks pimple, even like whatever. <laughs> There's something for everything they have on there. Yeah. I tried to listen to Esther mm-hmm. and uh, it was difficult for me. Yeah. and But I really wanted to understand and that's why I bought the book. Cool. Are you liking it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do a lot. Yeah. I yeah. actually brought it here. It's in Philly waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What what else at the end of the day? Any other evening routines either of you? Uh, I usually make dinner with my boyfriend, and then we watch something on Netflix. Yeah. And what do you guys been watching? Right now, it's The Crown. Oh, we were just talking about that. Really? Yeah, it. I heard season two is really yeah, good. Yeah, I haven't watched it. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And then more tea. Yeah. And then bed. Sometimes I'll do. Uh, my boyfriend got me into breathing exercises. Uh, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? I think the last guest that I had on was recently telling me about this, but really? tell me more. Yeah, I don't really know what it is. I don't. I'm. I don't. I'm not the best person to ask about it. But he has a whole system of, um, like, cold training. Like he's all about taking cold showers. Oh and, yeah, uh, it makes sense for surfing in yeah. this weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, so he combines that with uh, certain breathing techniques. And that's just supposed to do all kinds of good things for your body. But there's this one main breathing technique that he does where you inhale and exhale really deeply for, I think, maybe 30 times or something like that. And then you exhale it all and you hold hold your breath for as long as you can. And uh, because your body was so oxygenated from breathing in and out for 30 times, like really hard, you can hold your breath for a really long time, like surprisingly long time. And then do you feel kind of like high after? Yeah. And then once you actually, you know, you hold your breath and then once you actually breathe in, it feels crazy. You know, there's oxygen just rushing through your body and yeah, it is kind of trippy sometimes. Yeah. I want to do that like after this. Yeah. It's cool. Sometimes I'll do that. Not not every day. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, it's really cool. Okay. Before I finish asking you the questions, I want to that I ask everyone, I want to talk about your kitchen. So you recently built your dream kitchen and it's beautiful, much like your apartment. I love (laughs) the way that you guys, your eye and for design and the way things look is so specific and also fits my taste. I really enjoy it. So what was that process like? It was something that I know you've always wanted to do and now it's so perfect for your work. What was that what was that like, and how did you have that vision? Well, it took me about six months to design it. I am mm-hmm. um, Libra. My, my horoscope sign mm-hmm. is Libra. I'm so indecisive. And to me, too... I'm not a Libra, but I must have that quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard for me to make a choice. Yeah, me too. 
it was really torturous for me. Yeah. It, it was interesting, but uh, just to make a decision, Masha yeah. knows everything about it. Um, but uh, finally, we did it, and I think it, you know, turned out really nice. Yeah, better than I thought. Yeah, because there was some really nice finds. Uh, like remember the wooden crates, yes. farm, farm fruit crates. Yeah, yeah, and it's so convenient to use too. And our contractor built that cabinet with them. And actually, it's my husband who who had this idea to use oh, them. Yeah. And he's not a designer, <laughs> but he actually looked at them and said, "If we make a cabinets." Yeah. What does he What does he do? Does he's he do? a salesperson. Oh, yeah. Does he like your food? And does he have a favorite recipe? He, he loves it. Yeah. He, he's a really good eater, and he's really excited about anything that I make. Yeah. Well, he's a nice. good recipe tester. All of them, Paloma and uh, Ernie. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you meet another one, I'm uh, right <laughs> here in New York. <laughs> Was, were you involved in designing the kitchen? Because it's such a central part of your work now. Mm-hmm. I, I helped maybe pick out a few things, but mm-hmm. it was mostly mom. It's Yeah, she did most yeah, of was, it. I was torturing her a lot with uh, my choices, asking, what do you think? What do you think? Which yeah. tile? This or this? Maybe it should be gray or... Maybe it should be more pink or... Yeah. Yeah. You just need to, like, talk it out with another person, even though you probably know at the end of the day what you want, but sometimes it's good to just have your decision validated. Definitely. And I picked uh, really not easy-to-find materials, especially for the wall. I used that Moroccan plaster. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's uh, very hard to find a person who really knows how to um, apply apply it. Yeah. So it was a process. As soon as it was finished, did you know that you were going to make a post about it, and mm-hmm. did yeah. you style everything? Yeah, we were planning planning on doing a post about it because we had a few sponsors for oh, for cool. the kitchen, mm-hmm. people who would give us discounts. Yeah, if we showed their stuff, and uh, yeah, it was really fun to shoot it. We shot it like over a course of the week, over a week, and. Um, in the morning, in the evening, you know, different light. It was really fun. It's interesting that people who saw pictures before they saw the finished kitchen, mm-hmm. they're saying that it looks very different. Uh, in person, it looks much bigger. Yeah. Much, I don't see it. It's because even better. I see, mm-hmm. It's even much better in person. I heard it a lot. Cool. And we actually, we replaced the table at this point. We just found just beautiful farm table. I just can't say enough about it. Even better than we have in the pictures. Oh, wow. And still in the process of making some uh, additions. Cool. And, yeah. Cool. Well, can we talk about that, the business of blogging and how you guys have connected with brands and any advice you have for, you know, people getting into blogging or who are into blogging of how you make a living at blogging today? Yeah, it's... um. You know, we work with a lot of brands uh, where we use their ingredients or maybe some kind of kitchen kitchen appliances in posts. Um, I don't know. My advice would be just work with brands that you you know truly believe mm-hmm. in, where you actually like their products or their you know ingredients. It's always. I think we love all of our sponsors. We're just. It's so happy to have them because they are happy yeah. with what we do, and we really enjoy the product and bringing them more customers. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to learn negotiation? You had to learn business from you know being on the creative side of it. Was that a Definitely. challenge or something you had to learn? Definitely. Yeah. You know, just asking for. 
for money basically yeah. this, it feels so weird because you're like you know oh am i actually worth that right. there's always that doubt but you have to overcome that and really see your value yeah yeah, yeah i mean i feel the same it's the same with podcast sponsors it's i think first working with people that you genuinely love but also making sure you know you can't work with everyone so you have to ask for what your worth and it's a complicated interesting thing yeah that I think people don't talk about a lot definitely but it's, yeah okay so now say that your greatest lesson on on a couple things you can just say the, the first thing that comes to mind so greatest lesson on self-care for each of you or what that means to acupuncture you. Mm. I would say acupuncture yeah that made uh, it changed my life basically yeah. wow well, I never, we never really finished on what happened with your thyroid issues after having your youngest daughter. Was raw food and acupuncture? What, how are I you doing? I found acupuncture that? much later. Okay. <clears throat> but raw food definitely helped a lot. And it taught me to use a lot of greens. Yeah. I never actually did that before. Even I cooked vegetarian for years. And that actually changed um, my body, changed wow. the way I feel. And to this day, even I don't um, do raw food precisely, but I still I eat a lot of Plants. salads and mm -hmm. green juice and smoothies all the time. So that huge lesson from using raw food and yeah. finding raw food diet. And acupuncture has been really helpful too? Acupuncture helps me with pretty much every issue. Cool. I would, if it would be my choice, I would use it instead of any kind of traditional doctor for everything. It was yeah. not an issue that acupuncture wouldn't actually help or cure. Wow. With the thyroid, you know, I have this autoimmune disease. That's what the... Hashimoto's? Yeah, Hashimoto's. Okay. That is hypothyroid. Yeah. So you basically have to take... It's very low dose for me. Yeah. I'm taking it every day. I um, do that too. You do? Yeah. So you know what it yeah. means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, autoimmune is autoimmune. It's not much you can do. It's uh, the best autoimmune disease you can have. You know, Hashimoto. That's what my oh. endocrinologist told me. If you, if you can choose autoimmune disease, yeah. Hashimoto, best better be Hashimoto because it's really easy to control. Yeah, yeah, but uh, if you're talking about other other issues, hormones, cold, common cold, anything. Um, I had the um. She was anxiety a couple of years ago, and it really helps cool. uh, acupuncture. Yeah, and we have this amazing lady. She's a Russian lady, but she oh, studied cool. Chinese acupuncture. Oh, cool! She's really, really amazing. I can't say enough about her. Yeah, she's cool. like an angel. Yeah, wow. she's an angel. Yeah, it, it's in just, Florida. She's in Florida. Yeah. She's in New York actually today. Oh, oh wow! Yes. <laughs> yeah. She come over. <laughs> yeah. I just learned that she's in uh, New York like a minute before. Oh, I came what uh, what about you? What are what's your greatest lesson on self care? Favorite self care routine right now? I think just realizing my limitations. I'm like super sensitive and super introverted, mm -hmm. so just realizing that it's okay that you know I don't really want to go to parties or get really tired in social situations yeah. and just kind of embracing that, or you know, yeah, just. Just being okay with the fact that that's how the that's how I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is more for you or exclusively for you. But greatest lesson on motherhood? Um, let your kids choose what they want to do. Mm. Don't put much pressure on them. 
another thing we talk a lot about on the podcast is body image. And I think it really fits with what you guys do with food and wellness. So has that ever been something that either of you have? And I, I assume that it is because unfortunately, as women, I feel like it's something that we all kind of think about and struggle with and especially working in fashion. So I usually frame the question this way. When you're having a bad body image moment, if you do, how do you shift out of that and make sure it doesn't become a bad body image day or week? What are some mental things you do for yourself or practices? Well, uh, meditation helps a lot. And uh, I usually started to drink a lot of water. Maybe it sounds funny, but it really helps me to feel better about myself. Mm. Yeah, I think the same for me just being nice to myself eating eating healthy food exercising all of that just makes me feel immediately better about myself yeah basically yeah we also talk about feminism and being a woman in the world and navigating you know you're you have this business together kind of what we were talking about before with negotiation and speaking up for yourself as a woman and immigrating to this country what kind of lessons or how do you support other women and handle navigating the world as a, as a woman at this time? I think my greatest lessons have been from my mom because she moved here, you know, with nothing and was able to build a life. And that just makes me see that, you know, anything is really possible. There's no limitations. Um, yeah. That's just How did you really do that? Inspiring. Were you nervous about moving here? What was that time like for you, moving here with nothing? And I'm very adventurous by nature, so I was very excited to see a new country, new world. Um, of course, it was very hard in the beginning, but in the meantime, it was very exciting, and uh, I was excited to uh, give it to Masha. Yeah. yeah. So you knew you would come here and kind of get settled and then bring your daughter here? I really didn't have any firm plans Yeah, at all. It must have been so scary to leave where you were and come here and have to start over like that. It's really inspiring. It was more exciting than scary yeah. for me. I'm just um, this type of person. I always love to travel and go places and I never... I, I don't really get homesick that easily. Mm, yeah. Because it was very tough to leave my daughter behind. And of course, I never had planned to leave her for a couple of years. Right. Um, that was the hardest part of it. Yeah. But uh, the, I see the, um, I saw the opportunities in this uh, country. So I really wanted to stay. Yeah. And then I met my husband. And, uh, yeah. How did you guys better. meet? He was in a sales meeting in Florida, in Naples, where mm -hmm. I work, and I worked in Japanese restaurant at that time. Oh, cool. He was my customer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. So I, my book is about journaling, so I always like to ask people a little bit about writing, and since you both are writers in, in some sense with the blog, have you guys ever journaled or processed your feelings or thoughts through journaling and how how else do you handle stress or your feelings are you in therapy obviously you both meditate what are things that you do to kind of handle your emotions i was uh, journaling a lot when i was younger yeah and it wasn't really trendy thing to do it just i felt felt the need and i 
Um, I was into poetry. Mm, cool. I wrote a lot. It was probably so silly, but I remember me uh, doing it a lot. Do you um, still write poems? No, no, no. I don't journal, no. And to me, to handle stress and really unwind, um, I need to communicate with my girlfriends mm. and have a good laugh and go out. That's yeah. we just for a walk. We um, we take a really long walks, like a few miles right. over the bridges um, back home and talk a lot and laughing, sharing. That's my therapy. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I have like wonderful, <laughs> wonderful friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. What do you, Masha? Uh, it's about handling stress. Yeah, yeah. Do you journal? Do you, yeah. what happens when you have like a bad day? Same, same as mom. I journaled a lot when I was younger, all through I think middle school and all through high school, maybe in college, and then just kind of stopped. I think the the blog is sort of like a journal for both of us it, because even though it's just food, we're still recording certain points in time and what we're into at the moment, yeah, and all that. So yeah, I think that's kind of kind of like my journal right now. Yeah. How do you guys handle your relationship with social media and your phone and technology in gen in general? I think that's such an interesting topic right now, especially with. You guys having the platform that you have and, and having your success be so contributed to your presence on the internet, how do you handle your feelings about that and turn it off or do you ever feel too tied to it or connected to it? Yeah, definitely, all the time. I like to uh, turn it off at night at a certain point, just put it on airplane mode. I always put it on airplane mode when I'm sleeping. We just unplug our Wi-Fi all together when we're sleeping oh, that's smart. yeah uh, yeah it's it's definitely very hard but at the same time we kind of for our profession do have to be on it all the time mm -hmm. and it is also really inspiring and meeting so many you know people and yeah it's kind of a balance that you have to keep do you guys have do you guys both do the instagram together do you have personal instagrams how do you handle that Oh, uh, Masha has her personal Instagram. Yeah, which I barely ever update because yeah. I, this one is ours is already a lot for me. Yeah. So I basically never use it. But yeah, we we do it together. I'm mostly the person who is actually doing the the physical posting, but you know the the photos we do together and what we say we usually discuss or sometimes discuss the description. Yeah, but I'm I'm the one who's most of the actual posting yeah. yeah it can be a lot dealing with i i often struggle with you know we we're talking about the mind body green story like how much i enjoy it and then also i don't want my feelings to be tied to it of like how much i enjoy it mm -hmm. it's so fun to interact with people on it but i'm also kind of like well this is not real like this is right it's not a real interaction with someone it can kind of give you that hit that yeah. you've interacted with someone, but Definitely. reminding yourself that it's not real and I still need to have really focus on the relationships in real life. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know, it's an interesting thing. I haven't quite figured out its effects on me yeah. yet. It's also hard when you get used to, you know, getting a lot of likes or a lot of followers when that stuff, you know, starts going away. Like with the algorithm, yeah. we, we've definitely noticed uh, less engagement, less less likes, and we just can't really do anything about it except just keep posting stuff that we're yeah. passionate about. So it's always like, 
oh, you know, I didn't get enough likes, and that starts you in a whole mm -hmm. tension of bad feelings, which are just not real, and it's hard and to And it's so weird, that. because the photos you're posting are of equal or better quality of the photos you posted before, and it's hard to even... We were just having this conversation. He's a photographer, and he was saying, like, it's silly to ha compare your photos to each other. Of, mm -hmm. This one got more likes, and, the, and it's arbitrary. It's so yeah. silly, but we do it, and... I don't know. I yeah. don't know the answer, but it's can get can really mess with you. But yeah, you just kind of have to step away yeah. at some point. Yeah, exactly. What's one thing you wish more people knew about wellness? If you had to say one thing, I would say that it's not it's not as exclusive or difficult as people think. I think a lot of people are um, intimidated by healthy cooking, specifically. But it's it's really not not as hard as it might seem. It's it, you just you can just make a really simple meal that will be really nourishing and really good for you, and it's it doesn't have to be a lot of work. It will still taste really good. Yeah. yeah, I know many people who really don't buy vegetables, certain vegetables, because they don't know what to do with that, like celery root. I never would buy that, they would say, because yeah. I have no idea what to do with that, or turnips or rutabaga. And it's really such an amazing vegetable, and that's why we wrote this book, to show yeah. them how to use it in very creative ways. It's really, like Masha said, not that difficult. Yeah, at all. I love that. And can be fun. Yeah. What's the best thing each of you have eaten in the last week? I already mentioned the shepherd's pie <laughs> in our yeah. bonus uh, yeah. pre-order. But also we just went to some Moroccan restaurant in Philadelphia and oh. we ate a plate of marinated vegetables, which is so simple. Carrots, eggplant, and uh, cucumbers. Yeah. It was really amazing. The certain spice they had, I couldn't figure out what it was, but... It was just unbelievably good. And my nine-year-old, she was so serious about it. She was making uh, wraps with the, every single vegetable. Uh, and before that, she would not touch eggplant. Huh. To me, eggplant is absolutely my favorite vegetable. And uh, anything eggplant I would take. Uh, but she was really impressed and told me, Mom, can you make uh, eggplant like this at home? <laughs> so uh, I wish I knew the recipe yeah. because I couldn't figure out the actual spice and marinade. Yeah. It was really amazing. Oh, cool. I just cooked and photographed a beet soup for mm. our pre-order bonus for the book, and uh, it was just really good. <laughs> really, really beets. good. It's very simple, um, and you don't only use the beetroot, you also use the, um, the, the tops, yeah, the leaves, and the stems, yeah, which are so nutritious. And so the whole beet gets used, and it's just so good. You can feel it's really nourishing mm, when yeah. you're eating it. Perfect for this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Speaking of here in New York, what is your favorite part of living in New York and most challenging part of living in New York? Uh, I think my favorite part is just how accessible everything is uh, from, you know, entertainment, museums, all that stuff. Food, obviously, I can get any ingredient, you know, ever. You know, there's so many little stores that are amazing. Um, most challenging definitely the amount of people i get very tired of crowds and like crowded subway at rush hour and all that really drains me uh and just being away from nature i really miss nature mm -hmm. so that's the most challenging 
Do you have a favorite New York moment or memory? Hmm. Favorite? Maybe maybe getting into this apartment. It was, this is an amazing <laughs> apartment. It's, it was, it's mine too, and I'm just visiting. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was such a stressful point, and just looking for it, and I had like two days to move out of my other apartment, and we still didn't find you know didn't find anything we like. And then finally this came through somehow. And yeah, it's yeah. just really great. Yeah. yeah. What's your what are some of your favorite places to eat in New York? I know you cook a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh in this neighborhood in Bedstuy, there's a really good Italian restaurant called Saragina. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of it? It's like deeper into Bedstuy. Um they do wood fire pizza, like classic Italian stuff, but it's cool. so good. And the the vibe in there is really cool. It's cool. like dark and just really cool furniture. They have really good drinks. Nice. It's really good. What else? Any other places? Uh, I love Suwon. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were just... I live in that neighborhood. And I yeah. Get, I eat there like... I don't, since I don't cook, they do most of my cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love them. I love how home-cooked it seems yeah. and just so chill. Um, as far as like fancy stuff, my boyfriend and I recently went to Blue Hill. Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to go. And that was just I've heard it's just crazy and yeah. wild. Probably really good for inspiration. Yeah, totally. It was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. I saw the Chef's Table episode. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I did. Have you seen that? No, I don't think I feel like you would it. really like yeah. it. Uh, you should no, watch no, it. I've seen that, that guy who mm-hmm. runs the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. It's just Dan, Dan Barber. Dan Barber, yeah, yeah definitely. I did. Seems about, very about stressed he is, in, the, yeah. in, the, <laughs> in the episode. Yeah. Did not okay. seem like I, he wanted. Yeah, I wasn't expecting he, him yeah, to. He, so. <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to like slow down and enjoy, yeah. but it sounds like you do when you eat at his restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Really good. What about when you come to the city? Are there any favorite places that you have here? Yeah, Akano, Akanoma, Akanomi, Akanomi. Oh, is that oh. the Japanese? Yeah, breakfast place. Yes, where is that in Brooklyn? Williamsburg. Yeah. We were just talking about that. I want to go this week. Mm-hmm. So it's really... it's only breakfast. They they're a breakfast place. I think until three, two or three, and then they bec- they turn into a ramen place. Oh, I think in the evening, which okay. is also supposed to be good. What is ja- the Japanese breakfast? It's very very authentic. Um, I really don't it's, remember what I ate there, yeah. but it was just it's not so vegan. Good. Are you it's vegan? not vegan. Not particularly. Yeah, there's there's seafood. There's like uh, they do the classic. It's like a rice ball bowl, and then you break an egg into it oh, and nice. mix the yeah. egg. And there's like seaweed and all that stuff. Um, there's different little pickled vegetables. Oh, okay, I'm in. Uh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's amazing. There's also seafood. There's like fish and yeah. stuff. Yeah, really and I love the Japanese place. Uh, when they serve mm-mm. soba noodle salad with uh-huh. many different types of seaweed. I forgot what is the name oh, of it. Oh, that's Usagi. That's like a cafe in Dumbo. Oh. Um, I, my office that I work at is in Dumbo, and it's it's like a gallery and a cafe. Oh, um, cool. They do matcha, uh, bento boxes. And oh, one of the I think bento- I, yeah, I, think I follow there? them on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a piece of art. If you look yeah. at all the different seaweeds. Mm-hmm. They are fascinating. I want to go there too. So tasty. I should be taking notes for. It sounds week. like um, I only eat Japanese food. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I love Japanese food. We had next door to Suen in my neighborhood. 
There's a ramen place, Roku, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Roku. Mm-hmm. Really good. I found it through Lacey Phillips, posted oh, about nice. it, and I loved it. We were we were also very hungry when we got there last night, but mm-hmm. we got like three different types of seaweed situations, like a hajiki, and mm-hmm. so good. And yeah. this time of year, warm things like that is all I want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here. Yeah, that's true. Okay, more a couple more greatest lessons, and then we'll we'll dock this boat, and you guys can get back to Philly. But what is your greatest lesson on relationships? Again, mine is close with to what I say about uh, children. Mm-hmm. Let it be. Let the person do his thing. Yeah. Don't put too much pressure. Yeah, I I think mine is that nobody can be completely perfect for you. Like you'll never, there will never be a person who you're just completely happy with everything about mm. them, and just you know letting those things be and finding beauty in them. And, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. That's really really good. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. What about greatest lesson on spirituality, God? What do you think happens when we die? All of that. Um, I'm only in the process of finding my spiritual path. And uh, I only started to meditate this past July. So I'm learning. I can't really... What happens when we die? I, I don't really have firm belief no idea what happens. I, I I wish to think that it would be even a better place, mm-hmm. better life there. Yeah, I really don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm also very. You know, we both we grew up in a really um, secular family, no, no religion. So yeah, I'm also just just now starting. I think meditation really helps with that and just getting more spiritual. Even though I'm not I'm not religious. Mm definitely you know don't believe in any set religion but i don't know i think we're all energy and probably after we die we i don't know remain some kind of energy but in a different form but who knows (laughs) yeah i agree i like that too okay this is really just a way to recommend things but i usually frame it as you're trapped on a deserted island and you can bring with you one food one book one piece of music, one movie, one TV show, what would you bring? So these can be like all-time favorites or things that you're loving today. Mm-hmm. Mm. We start with uh, the book. Sure. I I have to bring two books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Bulgakov. It's uh, Mikhail Bulgakov, it's Russian author, um, Master and Margarita. He actually inspired, uh, this book inspired uh, Mick Jagger. Oh. He wrote the song Sympathy for the Devil oh, wow. under the influence of this book. Cool. I can't live without it. I drag it all over the place. Um, Fiction? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. And another one would, would be Leo Tolstoy, Anna Karenina. There's two books I have to bring. Cool. All right. What about movie? The movie. <laughs> It would be Russian movies, so old Russian movies. Okay. What about um, music? Something um, you love or like recent? 
Ethereum would be a Russian BART, you know, is it uh, something that's recognizable by Americans? BART is like poetry and the guitar oh, together. Yeah. I don't know how you guys call it here. Or something classical. Mm-hmm. Chopin, Tchaikovsky. Yeah. yeah. What about a food you'd never get sick of? Persimmons. Oh, me too. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. I want one right now. And I think that was everything. TV show? Have you been watching anything you've been liking? I want to recommend. I mostly uh, watch Russian television. Yeah. And I do like figure skating. I'm really ah. passionate about that. And biathlon is a sort of sport that's okay. very, very popular in Europe. And uh, biathlon. It's like biathlon. A ski, skiing. Ski and yeah. shooting. Shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I've never heard of it. Interesting. Cool. What about you, Masha? What have you been loving lately? Music, book? Uh, music. I think I would, to a deserted island, I would t- take Leonard Cohen. Anything by him. I love him. Book? I'm blanking. Let me think. Uh, food would have to be uh, raw chocolate. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Uh, TV show. TV show. Movie. I just rewatched uh, a documentary about the artist Andy Goldsworthy. Have you heard of him? Mm. He does uh, installations in nature, so he'll oh, cool. he'll use like leaves to make an installation on a tree, and it's like really amazing. Oh, cool! And there's a documentary about his process. What's his name? Andy Goldsworthy. Andy. Okay. Cool. And. Uh, that was a really good movie. I don't know if that would be the one I would take, but that's the one I'm thinking of right yeah. now. It's really good. Yeah. And I think that I think that was everything. Book. I can't think. Okay. I'm sure there's one that that I would take that I can't think of. But I just reread um, an everlasting meal hmm. by Tamar Adler, and uh, it's amazing. It's kind of like a cookbook slash memoir, and she just basically teaches you how to cook without recipes oh, she cool. just talks about you know um, using up scraps of food and working with leftovers and uh, just being adventurous and not scared in the kitchen but she also has a really poetic voice it's so good it always like if I'm you know, not inspired in the kitchen, I'll read that book and it immediately makes me want to cook or, you know, go to the market or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Really good. So we're about to be in a new year. By the time people are listening to this, we will be. You guys have a book coming out and a lot of really exciting things. What are some of your, do you guys either have any New Year's traditions or things that you do? What are some of your intentions or wishes for the new year? Well, a big tradition for us is to, we, we say, meet new year. It's a, a lot of, like, big table of, uh, help me here, help me describe our new year, please. <laughs> <laughs> so in Russia, the biggest holiday of the year is New Year. Oh, okay. And it's basically like Christmas here, mm-hmm. but it's the new year. So we have a tree, we have a guy who's like Santa, so okay. it's, it's just, it happened, so during communist times, you know, people had Christmas and uh, they didn't want any religion in the state, mm-hmm. so they basically moved Christmas to New Year's, to New Year, okay. to make it a secular holiday, and, and we still, you know, in Russia, people still celebrate 
that as the main holiday. In a big, big way they celebrate. Yeah, and yeah. We, we still do it here, kind of. Yeah. We like to keep that. That tradition it's very festive. going. It's a lot of Russian foods. Russian uh, food. Uh, what is Russian food really like? Dumplings. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, crepes. Yeah. Dumplings, crepes. Blini, blini. Blini. They call it blini, but yeah. Potatoes, salads. Just like yeah. comfort, comfort yeah. foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds lovely. What are some of your intentions or things that you're wanting to manifest in 2018? Um, How are you challenging yourselves, or what are you doing that you're afraid of next year? Well, to me, we're going to be doing a lot of book promo events. Uh, I need to do a lot of public speaking, cooking in front of people, which is very challenging for me. So it's the biggest challenge. And I, I also want to move into some more advanced meditation. Mm-hmm. I really like to visit Sadhguru Center in Tennessee and learn to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it's just, uh, uh, you know, getting ahead. How should I say? Just advancing my career, um, trying to make the blog better. Um, yeah, just really doing what I like, but also, you know, making that a sustainable thing for me in life. Basically. Yeah. What's your favorite part of your life right now? Essential oils. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I whatever know. I've been smelling for the last <laughs> hour and whatever is really going down easy. So and that's a beautiful diffuser. What are some of your favorite oils or ways to use them? I love lemon, Italian lemon. Mm. I make a uh, like countertop spray. Oh, cool! With that, and I also um, learned that about... beautiful kitchen of yours. Yeah. <laughs> Vetiver is oh. the oil that I've found lately. And I made the uh, furniture, uh, the polish for furniture. And it's a really amazing smell, very lush and woodsy. I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's really woodsy. addictive. It's really comforting. And I use cool. that a lot. And I use essential oils in everywhere, like from uh, aromatherapy to skincare products. I make my own creams and polisher, like I said, yeah. and cleaners. Yeah, so that's my favorite part now. I'm very excited about essential oils. Yeah. They really work. Yeah. They calm you down and can heal. Yeah. Cool. Masha? Uh, I'm really excited about a moon phase calendar ah, that my cool. boyfriend and I designed and we got it screen printed. It's right behind you. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, thank you. And we're selling them. Um, we made a website and we're selling them. So it's our friends in Providence actually own a screen printing shop. So they screen printed them by hand. And uh, it was just a really fun project. Oh, they're beautiful. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And I'm going to buy one. Thank you. I love that. Cool. Well, the name of this podcast is Let It Out. So when I offer that to you, is there anything you wish that I would have asked you that you don't get to talk about? Do you feel like I wrung you dry for all of the wisdom that you have today? Anything? That you still want to let out? What did we cover? I think more uh, what mom was saying about essential oils and how she makes her own lotions and things like that. We're actually thinking about putting some of those recipes mm. on the blog. Cool. And, you know, putting that more into self the self, self-care uh, category. So we've been working on a deodorant recipe. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Uh, we have a mo moisturizer that we really like, so we're trying to gauge if people would be interested in yeah. that. Yeah, it's like cacao uh, orange moisturizer. Oh, I want to eat that. <laughs> Yeah, it's. It I have a funny edible. story. You you don't know that Ernie, my husband, uh -huh. <laughs> he used to have an all kinds of fun things in the refrigerator, uh -huh. and it looks like a whipped cacao oh, no. butter, and it smells amazing, like so so delicious. And he thought that it's some kind of mousse that they made, and he actually put it on toast and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's totally edible. What's in it? That it's cacao butter, it's uh, coconut oil, all kinds of. So really I guess it's fine. Oils. It's fine. Shea butter, right? Shea no, butter. no, no, no shea butter. Oh, that's good that. for Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just... so funny. It's good that he didn't get sick. So it was really fl you can because it's really nice yeah, ingredients. It's all you edible. can totally, yeah. uh, totally eat it. Well, you yeah. heard it here. These things are so healthy for your body that you can eat them, <laughs> which I guess is everything we put on our skin should be like that because it absorbs just like if you're exactly. eating it but yeah. wow well, i'm glad Ernie's okay cool well we did it thank you guys thank, thank you so you. much thank you so much okay that was my episode with anya and masha i hope you enjoy it and you check out their cookbook and their website and their interviews. I really love their interviews about self-care and routines. And they've actually had last week's guest, Lacey, on as one of their interviewees. So we'll link to that. And it's funny, the emoji last week was the dove, which is the meaning behind the name of their blog. And we can't use the dove again because actually it wasn't even last week, just yeah, or like less than a week ago, whenever that was. The last one was a dove. So for this one, we will use the strawberry. I don't know if we've used the strawberry before, but I love strawberries, and I'm guessing that Anya and Masha do too. So tweet at them and comment on their Instagram, the strawberry. Follow me and do the same thing. I'm at Katie Dalebout. Join the listener Facebook group. It's a great way to connect with other people listening to the podcast, talking about all sorts of things, whatever we have on our minds and we want to let out, we can do it in there. I hope that you go back if you're new and listen to the archive. There's over 200 episodes and every week there's a new episode coming out. There'll be a new one next week. I love you. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FreshBooks.com. You know FreshBooks. You love FreshBooks. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I use FreshBooks. I love it. It's the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software. You can personalize the colors, and you can even add your logo. It's great for sending invoices. It really makes you look buttoned up, and it's great for tax season. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank account. So whenever you purchase something for your business, it instantly uploads it to FreshBooks. I love it, and FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to set up. It's made for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to our listeners. So to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you, FreshBooks. Do you guys know about the brand Third Love? They make bras and underwear designed for the modern woman. 
When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G and half cup sizes. And of course, that brand is Third Love. They use thousands of real women's measurements to create bras that fit, look, and feel great. To find the bra that you've been waiting for, all you need to do is go to Third Love's website and take their Fit Finder quiz that takes about 60 seconds. And from the comfort of your own home, you can can find the bra that's best for you. I hate dressing rooms and with Third Love, you can try on bras from the comfort of your own home and returns and exchanges are always free and easy. This year, make the change that will make you change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash let it out to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash let it out for 15% off. Thank you, Third Love. The music you're hearing behind me now and all other original music in this episode is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. The album art is by artist Zoe Harmon, and this podcast is produced and edited by Amanda Sharp and hosted by me, Katie Delbout. Check out our website for show notes to everything mentioned. <laughs>